0: Good afternoon, people of the Most High God. I am Apostle Khadijah, Kit Kat moments, revelations of life. Your decisions determine your destiny, not your circumstances. I pray that your day is blessed and that you are in good health. We are back for another installment of Women of the Bible. This week and for the next few weeks, we will be in the Book of Ruth. Some have read the Book of Ruth and find it to be the greatest love story ever written. However, that is only part of the story. I would like to put to you that this is a story of redemption. It's a story about overcoming the obstacles of life, the problems and the circumstances that living confronts us with on a daily basis. It's a story of how to trust God's hand on our lives even when we can't trace his hand or understand his plan or his purpose for our lives. It's a story of how to walk in obedience and follow godly counsel. Now, the main character is Ruth, a Moabitess, that lives in the land of Moab. The Moabites are one of Israel's most hated enemies because they are the descendants of the incestual relationship between Lot, Abraham's nephew, and his two daughters. That alone causes her to be considered an outcast or an outsider to the people of Israel. But yet she's at the forefront of this story. As a matter of fact, the whole book is about the life of Ruth and this is her story. Now Ruth was married to an Israelite and joined his family while they were living in the land of Moab. Now we'll get the reason of how that happened a little later in the study. Her husband died and so did her brother-in-law and her father-in-law. When this happened, her mother-in-law, Naomi, decided that she had no alternative but to return to her homeland and to the village of her family, which was Bethlehem of Judea. But as always, you know, we have to get the whole story, the background. So the story of Ruth actually started in the last chapter of the previous verse in the last verse of that book of Judges, in Judges 21, 25. And if you turn with me, we can read that. That's Judges 21, verse 25. And it reads, In those days Israel had no king. Each man did what he considered to be right in his own eyes. Now let's go to Ruth, Chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, and it says During the time of the judges, there was a famine in the land of Judah. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah went to live as a resident foreigner in the region of Moab, along with his wife and his two sons. The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi, and his two sons were. Melon and Kilion. Verse 2 tells us: sometime later, Naomi's husband, Elimelech, died. So she was left with two sons and she was all alone. Now, Naomi finds herself alone, away from her family, away from her friends. She finds herself in a situation that is not of her own making. And many of us today, with the chaos of the world, find ourselves in situations that we have no control over. Some find ourselves as single parents or single moms, widows raising children with little or no support, caught between a rock and a hard place. And this is when our faith is tested. We have to remind ourselves and encourage ourselves constantly that our God is a provider. He is our Jehovah-Jireh, the God that provides. He may not come when we want him, but he's always, always, always on time. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 tells us, Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Uh, Some some translations say that he will make your path straight. Does that mean that we won't worry? That our hearts won't be troubled? No. No. What it means is that the enemy is on his job 24-7. He knows his job. It's to make us feel that God has abandoned us or forgotten us. That's the enemy's job. As a matter of fact, we get it straight from his mouth in Job 2 and 2. And God said to Satan, where do you come from? And Satan answered the Lord saying, from roving about the earth and from walking back and forth across it. And then we find in 1 Peter 5, 8 through 9, it tells us, be sober, be alert and cautious at all times, that your enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion, seeks to devour you, but resist him, be firm in your faith, know that your suffering is experienced by your brothers and sisters all over the world. It's comforting to know that we're not in this thing alone, that we must continue to pray ye for one another, amen? But let's get back to the story of Ruth because we have met Naomi, we've met her husband Elimelech who has now died we have been introduced to Naomi's two sons, Malon and Kilion. Now, I want to put a pen right there. I want to stop right there for a few minutes. Parents, be careful how you name your children. Just because the name sounds cute, it may not be the best choice. Naomi's son's names were Malon and Killian. Malon means sickly and sickness or wasting away and kilon means destruction. Both names are associated with untimely death because in verse four, it says, so her sons married Moabite women, one named Oprah and the other Ruth, and they continued to live there about 10 years. What had become, what was a temporary situation had now become a permanent one because the move to Moab was supposed to be temporary as a solution to the problem of famine in the land of Judah. We must be careful about making decisions for temporary situations. Our decisions determine our destiny. A bad decision without the guidance of our Father can lead to disaster, not only for ourselves, but our family members. Amen? Because in Luke 14, verse 28, it tells us, for which of you desire to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. In all our situations, we are to weigh out the cause and also the consequences of what our actions will entail. Amen? But verse 5 of Ruth goes on to tell us that Naomi's two sons, Malon and Kilion, also died. So the woman was left alone, bereaved of her two children as well as her husband so she decided to return home from the region of Moab because why she had heard that the Lord had shown concern for his people reversing the famine by providing abundant crops now we are going to stop there and next week we're going to pick up the story right here where we left off and I know (laughs) you're probably wondering how could this story of Ruth's possibly be a love story? With all the the lack and not enough, with all the grief and dying. Well, I can say for myself that I can totally relate to this book of Ruth, because it's exactly how living here on earth is. But then we can rejoice and find hope in our father's promises. And the last verse says it all. It says that Naomi heard that God has shown concern for his people. Even when we can't trace his hand, we have to know that in the background, God is always perfecting those things concerning our lives. Because it goes on to say that he reversed the famine and provided abundance of crops. Famine, lack, and not enough is not my end story. For Isaiah 40 and 31 tells us, They that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up on wings as eagles, and they shall run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Because he knows the thoughts that he has for us of good and not evil to prosper us to an expected end. That's Jeremiah 29 and 11. So I pray that I've said something that would ignite a fire in you. That you would come running after our father like the deer panteth after the water brook. That you would be like well watered gardens planted by the river of living water that your leaves will never wither and you will produce fruit. Again, I am Khadijah, apostle of Kit Kat moments, revelations of life. Your decisions determine your destiny, not your circumstances. Remember, God is always in control. I love you with the love of Christ. There is nothing that you can do about it, and you have a God-fantastic rest of your week. Shalom.